I'm my own first responder. I don't have to wait for police officers to come swooping in like some type of heroes that I don't have to be a victim, that I don't have to be powerless, you know, and that, you know, I really am my my own first responder. And so looking back on that situation, it wasn't the right situation to use my firearm. However, within learning more about gun rights, learning more about self-protection, I've learned other tactics, right? Like Mm -hmm. de-escalation, you know, things I could have done to help change the trajectory of how that that, um, situation went. So... Gun, uh, you know, dealing with firearms, dealing with the Second Amendment is really a portal into so many other avenues, so many other things. And so that's what it's really been for me. Yeah, um, I know for yourself um, in, in our conversations, you said that you're not necessarily on one political side or the other. However, people have said that um, the Second Amendment can be kind of a gateway drug into uh, a conservative way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, could you could you talk a little bit about that and kind of your values and how that impacts your politics? Absolutely. So I think you put it um, really smoothly that, yes, you know, the desire to protect yourself, right, is a very basic human desire. But not only that, it teaches us and shows us a lot of other things, right? For example, that interaction with the police officer and me recognizing that even though this person is an agent of the state, right? Yep. They can only do so much even though I I pay taxes into this system, I may even believe in this system, this person is also just a human. And so I think learning more about self-rotation, learning more about firearms, safety, uh, situational awareness, all of these things go into and play into a mindset of self-sustainability, right? Um, um, Self-reliance, self- uh, responsibility all of these other things that are kind of interconnected and so once you start kind of aligning those principles it does take you into a more conservative you know uh, uh, a, a lifestyle yeah and that's that's true whether I, I would say that 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 mindset of I have to do for me I cannot wait on the state I can't wait on uh, men with guns to to come handle men with guns. Um, right. That's just it's not going to work. Um, something something that you said, um, agent of the state. That that kind of reminds me of one of the t-shirts that you'd be rocking. Uh, they're all over Instagram. I can't stop seeing them. Not because I, really? I I mean it, they're just everywhere. <laughs> yeah, shoot, even freaking uh, Mosh Teray with your stuff. It's crazy. Um, Antonia, like everybody's wearing your stuff. That said, can you can you talk about one of your designs, the uh, the anti-status design? What does that mean? What is an anti-status, and why do you care so much about it that you slapped it on a T-shirt? So, anti-status is a advocate of freedom um, and a skeptic of government, and an anti-bootlicker. That's what an anti-status is. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say somebody that hates government, but somebody that is very aware and accepting of the role that they play in our lives. And I wanted to be very forthcoming about this message of, 
you know, especially after a year of what we saw with the COVID mm-hmm. lockdowns and kind of not knowing what to trust, not knowing, you know, sometimes if we're being lied to, if we're being played, it's just this very forthcoming message about, yeah, I, like, I don't know, like, we're watching you. It's almost, it's mm-hmm. very similar to a don't tread on me, but it's way more authentic. Yeah. <laughs> way more authentic, right? Because you will look at some of the people that, you know, they'll have the don't tread on me flag and then they'll have the thin blue line flag. Well, who mm-hmm. the hell do you think would be the one coming to tread on you, right? And though I don't have a a personal vendetta against uh, uh, police officers, I know um, a couple officers who I think are great people on a personal level. However, I still know the role you play in this system. And I had that same skepticism in some regards for medical professionals, teachers, and things like that. So I'm definitely not, and politicians, let's not forget them. I, I would probably so say I'm especially not, Especially politicians. So I'm definitely not biased in that regard. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have these agencies, whether, like I said, it's, um, um, whether it's medical, whether we look at, um, uh, teachers and the education system, whether we're looking at big tech, whether we're looking at mainstream media, a lot of these people align with are propped up um, and uh, and work hand in hand with the government a lot of times. And so we just have to, you know, stay on our toes um, and, and just be aware and pay attention of what's going on with these yeah. different avenues and make sure that we, you know, we're getting the truth we're getting our 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 money worth right our taxes worth and you know everything else that comes with that my i suppose something that i've been dealing with personally and i wonder if you deal with it is the the audience will sometimes say you know be like so anti-police that it seems unhealthy and then there's folks like you said you know some good police officers and some good people that who work for the state and it how do you, how do you balance between the the two um, sides? Because yeah, yeah, you have maybe some people that you you think are good people. However, there are, there are agents of the state who, and I suppose my question would be, how do you stop yourself from going too far into I suppose the hate uh, hating the police? Um, well, I think you just you just should have a healthy skepticism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just generally my personality. Like I've met, you know, I've met celebrities, I've met entertainers, I've met influencers, blue chicks, I've met politicians, and I'm just generally not a a starstruck. I'm just generally not. I vibe with people off their values off their Mm -hmm. principles you know their their uh, moral system things Mm -hmm. we have in common that's how I typically am drawn to people and their personalities I don't really care about your your title I don't care that you have a blue check I just it's never really impressed me because one thing I've learned with kind of rubbing elbows with people behind the scenes is that these people are still people they're regular everyday people some of them are liars i know this from experience i know celebrities that are lying about 
things they believe in. They are lying about their positions. They are specifically pandering on certain issues to either uh, um, push their way forward, like in their career, you know, uh, be noticed politically or, you know, just just for public favor. Um, and so not only that, you know, I've also seen um, people behind the scenes that deal with family issues they may not be the same person behind closed doors that they are you know in the public eye and things like that and so I think being able to see some of those things up close and personal has kind of put me in a position where it's like I can see both sides of it you know I almost feel like I'm behind a curtain in some way and and I'm able to see maybe what like every day you know the average person wouldn't necessarily see on that type of level Mm -hmm. and so you know it's a blessing and a curse because on one hand like I said it's it's allowed me to just see people as people but then on the other hand it does kind of create a level of disappointment because not only do I know that you have people in a general public that are often fooled by you know their favorite politicians or or their favorite um entertainers right but also it's it's kind of like you know when you were little and it's like grown-ups were almost like superheroes to you you know and then do no wrong yeah, they could do no wrong, right? Yeah. And then when you grow up, you kind of just see the 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 human, the human in them, right? Yeah. The the humanity, the just everyday the things that make them just like you. Their weaknesses, right? Yeah. I mean, they and bleed so too. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would say it's very akin to that. Yeah. Yeah. Something that uh, something that you said that really struck me is that um, basically. Like, dang, like throughout this last year, throughout the last few years, we've been seeing people get canceled, people get Me Too, people get exposed. Shoot, Kirk Franklin cussed out his son. Joe Rogan, who people consider him to be on the left, was spouting something that um, it seems to be more right, uh, talking about vaccines and, oh, if you are 20 years old and you're healthy, should you get vaccinated? And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Does, is anybody as consistent and as, as holy as they make themselves out to be? Like, who is perfect amongst us? What is going on with that? So um, definitely a, a great point. Um, and, and speaking of um, things like COVID and whatnot, I want to just ask you straight up, because a lot of what you say, and don't take this the wrong way, could be labeled as conspiracy. What is the difference between what you are doing, your platform, and just conspiracy theories, those YouTube channels that just spouts theories after theories and get the clicks from the skeptics? What, what's the difference? What do I say that could be labeled a conspiracy theory? Okay. Um, I don't want to get into to specifics just because I have a terrible memory. But people who are more, more statist would probably look at what you, what you say about um, COVID vaccines and things like that, um, where you're not a big fan of the COVID vaccine, correct? Correct. Now, someone might say, oh, because you bring in research to try to debunk that. Oh, well, you're just spouting these right-wing talking points and right-wing conspiracy theories. Can you answer that? People who say things like that, 
either don't have or refuse to use their ability to think for themselves. Anybody that can look me in my face and say that I use right wing talking points are absolutely absurd. Not only do uh, 99.9% of all of my uh, uh, information that I use as relates to COVID come from mainstream media, most of it comes from left leaning media. I do not use other I don't I don't pull up some random person and say, look at this person saying this. And so I'm going to say it too. every single thing that I've talked about as relates to COVID has come directly from the who has come re- directly from CDC, has come directly from CNN, has come directly from Dr. Fauci or Bill Gates mouth. I have used no other sources. Uh, I was even using the numbers from, I think it's like worldspopulation.net. I can't remember the exact site, but it was a, t- uh, a ticker for the amount of people, the percentage calculator for the people dealing with COVID. So uh, for anyone to to say otherwise, you know, they're just not a good listener or they, you know, people will throw terms at you to kind of just try to get out of having a actual human conversation or interaction with you. Yeah. So anything else is false. I use the same news sources that everyone else use, uses. Now, as far as the vaccination, Still the same sources. Joe Biden goes, does a, a, a national, this is on CNN, on a, it wasn't the debate stage, it was like a town hall, and he tells a child, like, not only have we not started testing a vaccination on you guys, and this was just back in, like, November, not only have we not started testing on you guys, but you are least likely to uh, deal with COVID and least likely to deal with the worst of the symptoms. You have nothing to fear. And for some reason, when Joe Rogan says that a few a few uh, months later, people are up in arms. When I say that I'm a conspiracy theorist, when Dr. Fauci says the exact same thing, he's not. How is that so? Not wanting the vaccination, me as a young, healthy person, you know, I eat healthy, I work out regularly, I boost my immune system, very healthy. Me not wanting a, 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 uh, me not wanting a um, emergency approval vaccination does not make me a conspiracy theorist, right? A few years ago, it would have just been normal common sense. But this propaganda of a young person having agency and autonomy over their bodily decisions as being a conspiracy theory is just wrong. It's just wrong. And, you know, even for society to get to this point where we're trying to shame people for wanting to take personal responsibility for their health is ridiculous. That's right. So I did want to go ahead and get in front of some of the comments and some of the people that won't do the research properly and maybe will only watch this section of the video. 
just so you can have a chance to really kind of defend yourself. Not that you need to, because, you know, it is what it is. But I definitely wanted to give you a chance to just put it out there, state it for the record. You're coming with, with facts. I deal in facts. You deal in facts. And that's just intellectual dishonesty will get you nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't talk to people who can't bring me facts, uh, uh, articles. I always say, uh, send me less memes, more articles. Like, right. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, that's, I actually had a, a friend who I consider her a, a real friend. She sent me some meme or some tweet or something that said, like, hey, uh, we had, um, like, six women die from the COVID vaccine, and they shut it down completely. But yesterday in America, we had 26 folks die from firearms. Are we going to do anything about that? And you and I both know that that's, those two things are not equivalent at all. One thing is a vaccine designed to save your life strictly. And the other thing is, is a, a tool th- that you can choose to have or choose to not have that's designed to defend your life. But it, that, that one's up to you. The state isn't handing you the tool. So right. that's, um, that's just in, these intellectually dishonest conversations. Those are the things that bother me. I don't get bothered by a whole lot, but those are the things that really uh, stress me out. Um, that said, thank you so much for uh, going ahead and just putting that out there on the record. Um, I did want to talk to you just a little bit about um, why specifically um, you believe that black women should arm themselves. Um, I know we, we did want to talk a little bit more about social issues, but um, I do believe that that does you know, flow into it, uh, specifically because, you know, last year women overwhelmingly, uh, just hit the, hit the firearms market. It's a beautiful thing. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, but there are the, you know, the question is, is out there. Like traditionally it's been a old white man's, um, thing to do, you know, stereotypically. Why is it important for black women to to get into firearms? Why is it important um, that we recognize black women in firearms? Um, I think that the first person that ever planted that thought in my head that I had the ability to own this tool and I had the ability to protect myself and feel empowered, that physically, you know, she was when people talk about representation she looked like me right she resonated with me she reached me and it clicked in a way that it never had before and so I felt like if I could be that person for other people. I'm not prior military. I'm not a gun bunny. I'm not some, you know, military level expert. I'm not any of those things. I'm just an everyday girl who wants to protect herself. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be victimized. And I know that you have a lot of women that just don't have that image. They have not seen that before. Yeah. Um, and so I know that that message resonates that, yes, you can still be cute. You can still be fun. You can still be personable. You can be loving. You can be peaceful because I'm a very peaceful person, very chill person. Right. But yeah. you can still in the event that your life is in imminent danger, right? 
feel empowered to know that I have this tool in case the officers take however long to respond. Yeah, that's important. Out of all the men that I knew, and out of all of the men that I knew that were firearm owners, no man ever told me to arm myself, ever, for some odd reason. I just, I don't know why. Maybe it's not a thing. Maybe they thought it wasn't something I wanted to do. I actually dated somebody previously that owns a firearm. This was at the time that I was more, in some ways, indifferent. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, I had negative perceptions because, you know, to some degree, because I just didn't know a lot about it. Never took the time to teach me. He never took the time to tell me more. Any, I mean, anything. I just feel like that was a missed opportunity. Now, why? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I can't say what a guy would think or why he would not take it upon himself to do so. Right. Yeah. But I felt like for like I can be that person for you know the people that that don't have that yeah. I could be what that young officer was for me yeah and I, I would say arming yourself as a woman as as a black woman that is one of the most empowering slash feminist things that one can do <laughs> and and I, I have generally I have no problem with feminists and I think that is one of the one of the more impactful things you can do to say like, hey, if push comes to shove, we are equal. Like, All right. My mm-hmm. ability to draw will, will cancel out any of your, your overwhelming strength because men and women are fundamentally physically different. All and, right. you know, um, they said um, the guy who invented Colt made man equal. I mean, it's a joke, um, but it, it's um, I'm I'm extremely happy that you are taking the time to educate and to really show black women that you don't have to be some uh, sub one second draw to shot, you know, just super Instagram guru, uh, just tactical looking guy to to have a firearm. Shoot. I mean, that's what I see every day because I'm I'm on Instagram. I have a lot of friends who are into guns and I'm like, dang, I'm definitely not you. But I know fundamentally that I can take care of myself regardless of what that looks like because there are other guys in my circle who are regular guys. In a lot of ways, I'm a regular guy. Like, I'm I'm really not that special. I don't know if anybody knows. (laughs) Don't tell nobody. Um, So it's important to me because, shoot, I mean, I couldn't name, and this is me maybe being ignorant, but I couldn't name five black women who are on YouTube, who are regular folks, like not ex-military, not, you know, uh, uh, a firearms trainer, not um, somebody kind of established in the business. And there's been a few folks out there who have really been pushing that message of like, hey, like the Second Amendment community, we really need to open this thing up a little bit, show a little bit of what it actually is. Because there's, what was it, 5 million new gun owners last year? I could be quoting that wrong. Uh, that's what they're estimating five million estimating and it could be more right it's probably more and how i i know half of those folks aren't firearms trainers aren't aren't ex-military gurus aren't tactical bros with the night vision goggles and the plate like we are regular folks and we just want to be able to protect ourselves and that's huge um so i suppose my next question for you would be like 
Joe Biden, he's looking at getting rid of assault weapons. So all these new black gun owners looking at their weapons being like, dang, am I going to be able to keep you? What do you, what do you what do you think about his um, his efforts to I guess make America safer? You know, shall not be infringed is one thing. It was written in a different time, yes, but you know, this is so important for us to be able to defend ourselves. Are there are there any gun laws that maybe we should compromise on? I say no, and why I say no is because I feel like to most people it should be obvious by now that. Gun, uh, gun laws, gun bans, all of that is about power and control, specifically as it relates to black people. Let's be just perfectly real and honest here. There have been young black men dying in hoods across America for decades now. Yeah. When, when do we talk about gun violence in mainstream media? When it is a mass shooting and typically the mass shooting that they're talking about are those mass shootings that uh, impact what college students Mm. or are in majority white areas. Okay, because if we look at the definition of mass shootings, mass shootings are three to four people, uh, uh, um, Four people are more seemingly random in a location, right? Mm-hmm. That could be a lot of these weekends. They get crazy like a, a Memorial Day weekend in a hood or something like that, right? These also go towards the numbers of mass shootings, but most people don't know that. We yeah. never talk about it, and the media never makes that connection. Do people care? That's a good question. Um, You caught me off guard. I can't say whether people care, but what I can say is people like me, uh, um, peaceful people, responsible people, people that just want to make it home to our families the next day, we're going to arm ourselves because whether you care or not, my life matters to me. You know what I mean? So I can't say what other people care about I, I i really don't know let the media tell it people care about this and don't care about that i don't know right i mean because at the end of the and day it really doesn't really, matter <laughs> we really can't we really can't account for that we can't wait on other people to care about our lives and this that, and the other so yeah. the best thing i could do is arm myself and put myself in a position to 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 be safe yeah. um but as far as the the you know banning guns to prevent gun violence, first of all, we're only talking about it as it relates to white people. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, and then the second thing is, it's always been about power and control. Nobody can show me a time in history, particularly as it relates to black people, when the government has gone over and beyond to protect or keep safe black people. I have not seen it. I'm not convinced if somebody can show me something in history that says, see this right here, this is the reason you should trust that the government is trying to keep you safe. Yeah. 
then maybe, maybe I'd maybe. be open to thinking about it. I mean, I'm going to see it first. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just not convinced. And that's why I'm not open to conceding because the more we give, the more they take. And it, even more so me knowing the history of gun control, knowing how it started off as racist practices and evolved into systemic racism. So it started off as slave codes, advanced uh, um, uh, after Jim Crow to uh, or during Jim Crow, I should say, to black codes. And now we have more gun control and gun bans in inner cities in the most black, uh, heavily populated black areas so me knowing that on top of you will have somebody like a joe biden that'll say yeah we're coming for your ar-15s why you ain't coming for the white boys hunting guns like what like they keep they get to keep theirs the longest like that we concede on the hunting guns the the, the last like this i mean when I start thinking about it, it just doesn't, it no. just doesn't, it just doesn't add up to me. It doesn't add up. Now, people have been saying gun control is racist, gun control is racist for a long, 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 long time. For those who are watching, who have no idea, who don't want to sit down and read article after article, can you please, in, can you just explain it to them? Why is gun control racist and why should they care? I mean, whether they care or not. The first time on American soil there was ever any uh, 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 ban or on any group of people owning firearms were slaves. Okay. They were called slave codes. That's the first time any group of people on American soil couldn't own firearms. And then after the Emancipation Proclamation, you had states, particularly um, a lot of states in the South during the Jim Crow laws and things like that, they evolved those slave codes because technically, right, technically after black people were supposed to be free, they were like, all right, you free, but you ain't equal. So then those slave codes evolved to what we uh, what were called black codes. This was under Jim Crow law. So to keep this uh, uh, to keep a certain group subjugated, to keep a second class citizenry, we're going to say you're free. But we know if you don't have the actual means to defend yourself, you if you can't protect yourself, that like that means nothing. Right. Yeah. How free are you really if you can't protect your life? You can't protect what you built, right? You can't even uh, uh, remain free if the uh, other citizens wanted to impose on you. Yeah. And so after Jim Crow, uh, during Jim Crow, we had those black codes. And then over time, that kept evolving. And we still have remnants of that gun control on the books today. And those are in the inner cities and the most heavily uh, black populated areas, right? We look at Chicago. We look at um NYC, we look at Detroit and some of these other areas that have these uh, really strict um, gun control measures. And so this is the, the purest 
uh, example of systemic racism. Yeah, um, well, I appreciate you breaking that down for the people. Um, I think I might have actually learned something in there as well. That said, um, you know, just thinking about it, thinking about, okay, so there's gun laws that they, they came from slavery. Um, everything that, that you said basically leads to the, the systemic racism that we see today, which uh, a lot of folks get really triggered when you say the words systemic racism. They get, they get real <laughs> like, oh, America is not racist. Um, my, my question to you is, you know, is America racist or not racist in, in, your, in your humble opinion? Um, because we have the police and they seem to have stemmed from the slave catchers. We have these redlining laws that, that occurred. Um, and now they've, we see the impacts today. Um, we have so many black uh, people in poverty. We have so many black children being aborted. Um, can we, can we say that America's not racist? America has a very um, ugly history that in no way, shape, or form can be denied, right? Mm -hmm. It can't. However, I think we need to be more honest about what actual racism is and stop just calling every single solitary thing racism. Anything that intrudes uh, on our quality of life as far as being codified in the law, um, especially when we have different laws that sway based on demographic and things like that, which I just use gun control as an example, yeah. would be the biggest examples of this. I think what where we mess up is is that we get sidetracked worrying about who doesn't like us, whether we're being represented on TV, whether we want an Oscar. None of those things matter. You, you're going to step on some toes with that one. It does not matter. Those yeah. things do not matter. If we are not talking about education, economics, and the opportunity and the lanes being available for us to build and protect what we build, I do not care about it. I do not care. Um, I think that, you know, people might uh, mistake me, and I, I don't think people do. Not not my actual supporters that listen to me regular, right? But some people may assume that, you know, certain things I don't care about, and they're right. I don't care. A lot of the stuff that's going on on TV, the things that they tell us to be mad about, oh, this person said this, this brand Gucci did this, they put this on their t-shirt, they, like, I do not, I don't care, like, I legit just don't care, so, um, does racism exist? Is there remnants of it uh, um, in our laws and how we interact socially? Yes. And then we also have a media and politicians and also celebrities who exacerbate these things for their political gain because don't even get me started on how some of these politicians wouldn't even have a platform to run on. Yeah. In the event that racism didn't exist. So let's be clear about that. I don't think that these people are, are genuinely interested in fixing a lot of these issues. I don't think so. I think 
it helps them propel their careers. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I don't really get lost in the, the, you know, the the to and fro of the this person said this this person did this you know even and this kind of just goes back into you were talking about the 2a and they're leaving it to other conservative values i'm at the point where i rather own my own business so i don't have to work for you i rather educate my own children so i don't have to send them to, to your schools. I rather uh, uh, birth my own children so I don't have to come into your hospitals to do it. You know, that's just where my mindset is. So that's why you don't hear me or see me posting, oh, this teacher said this to this student today or this boss did this. I haven't worked for a white boss and I don't know like years at this point. So I just, it's, it's just, it's levels to it. Yeah. Um, so yes, it, yes, it, it exists, but as a culture, I think we need to get our priorities in line of what really matters, what adds to our actual quality of life. So we're talking, uh, uh, food, water, air, education, protection, ownership, lands, Right. Versus things that, things, that, things that empower us versus things that do not matter. Yeah, that's um, that's powerful. And something that you that you talk you spoke on um, talking about how celebrities will will basically try to put on themselves the mantle of leader. Um, quick plug, free plug to your shirt. You didn't pay me to say this. The celebrities are not leader shirt. I'm going to need you to send me one. Just kidding. I, I'll, I'll support you. Um, can you talk about where that where that T-shirt came from? Yes. So my T-shirt, Entertainers Are Not Leaders, was actually Excuse inspired. me, Entertainers Are Not Leaders. No, it's okay. Uh, it was actually inspired by um, Malcolm X, who... I mean, several years, you know, at this point ago, um, talked about how you would have these celebrities that would be invited to the White House. And he would say, these people are not leaders. They're they're puppets. Mm. Um, so, you know, him being a, a, a very heavy influence on me, entertainers are not leaders is a very direct almost very polarizing statement it's a statement it's not yeah. a question it's not a how do you feel about it it's not open i say it almost as a matter of fact now does it make it a matter of fact no right but when people see that they have to think yeah because then they start to question you know, it's it can be a little controversial. It can be a little offensive because now you have to sit here and reckon with yourself and ask yourself, do you really believe just by mere uh, um, visibility? Does this make this person a leader, really? And to what extent? And so it's, it's a conversation starter. And it, it just really makes people think and the inspiration particularly as it relates to black people is that there was a recent study that came out 
during COVID. I think there was actually two of them. Um, one, one was a study. Well, two were, were study. One mentioned how black people are actually in America the most influenced by celebrities and entertainers. Out of all of the people, out of all the groups in America, we are the most heavily influenced by celebrities. Like, what does that say? What does that say about us? And I'm not going to say what it says. I'm going to leave that as an open-ended question, right? And the second thing, there was another study that was done, actually done by a woman that now works in the Joe Biden administration. And they were talking about all these ways they were going to inoculate black people. That was a particular word they used, inoculate us into uh, wanting the vaccination. And one of the ways they said they were going to do it was by directly working with celebrities, entertainers, and influencers. Oh, they were, this paper was about black people. What does that say about us? Right? Yeah. I came across a, another article. They did a survey and they were asking people if this person said they had the vaccination, would you get it? Right? And so this survey, they surveyed people. They said, if Oprah got this vaccination, would you get it? If LeBron got it, would you get it? If Obama, right? So they named all these people. Most of them were black celebrities. Mm. We need to, we need to uh, reconcile with this. We need to figure some things out. The fact that Malcolm X's words could still be just as relevant today is as painfully amazing as it is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, shoot, we, we've been looking at the, the Instagram uh, pictures with the, hey, I got my COVID vaccine. All, all your favorite celebrities holding up their, their inoculation card, got my first dose, finally got my second dose. Kind of not, I don't want to say brainwashing, but heavily influencing the rest of America to get on, get on Instagram. I got my dose. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I'm so glad you got your dose, but like, why are you why are you pushing this so hard? Like like you have this beautiful Instagram page and all of a sudden dose. And even beyond COVID, we could talk about voting. We yeah. can talk about we could talk about the things that we see in in, you know, pop culture and us uh oftentimes following that so heavily right being pushed as trendsetters and i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing but what trends are you setting and how is that impacting the people that look up to you yeah i sometimes i get kind of frustrated because uh generally when people think about black culture they think about a very specific black culture like that atlanta nightlife style black culture like gucci bags um, fast cars Doughboys, just like you know, like kind of that fast and furious lifestyle, but like they don't talk about hip hop video. The, the, the hip hop culture. They talk about black culture and they say hip hop culture. We we got to have the J's. We got to do this. They got to do that. I'm a, I'm more of an Adidas fan myself, but you know, don't at me. My, my question is like, what? Why? Why is it that when folks think about black culture, and 
we all know the answer. They don't think about the Ron Marys. They don't think about Armed Atlas. And I'm not saying they need to think about us specifically, but people who are just regular guys, why don't they think about, uh, uh, you know, guys with PhDs and um, they might think about Obama, but I don't even know if he, if he classifies in black culture because he's not, he's not in hip hop. What is with that? Golly. Well, it's what the mainstream media pushes, and then we turn around and accept it as fact. And I think that's why people like you and I are so important. And that's a big reason why even as um, sometimes discouraging as it can be, I push, I continue pushing forward with my message because I've had so many people reach out to me thanking me for speaking up on things that they are so afraid to speak on. That's because of their friends, their family, their boss, or just social media. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. You have adults. These are grown people who are in fear to say what they actually feel because they are worried that they'll be bullied. They'll be ostracized. Yeah. And I have so many people from all over the country that reach out to me. They DM me. They email me. Even people outside of the country thanking me for the things I talk about and what I represent. There are so many silent voices who will look. They will look, but they will never like. Yeah. <laughs> and they may never come in, mm -hmm. but they're interested. They're inquisitive. We are not a monolith. We're not. We are not. And that's why I really want people to to push outside of this box of we need to be represented on TV. Why do you need to be represented by these people? For what reason? How has that benefited us? It's done nothing but allow them to create our narrative. Yeah, because so we, we've been on TV like, you know, it's it is frustrating. And I've been calling it at least recently in my circles basically the, the the new brown paper bag test where if you don't fall within these very specific guidelines and maybe even to the extremes of these guidelines, you're not black. You're not black enough. They will take your whole black card if you don't follow X, Y, and Z. And to me, it's offensive because in a lot of ways, I'm very black. I promote a lot of really serious topics. Firearms in the black community, who else is talking about that? There's, there's a few people, let's be honest. Um, and for you, talking about agency, uh, especially when it comes to black women, um, kind of freeing yourself from, from the bounds of what TV will tell you, that's so important. Like, that's, that's freedom. That's, that's the stuff that people who are, who are very in tune with, with reality, they love that stuff. But it, it seems that uh, if you do not follow these guidelines, you will be bullied, like you said. You will be bullied and bullied and bullied and you'll fear for your job. You'll fear that maybe you won't get promoted, like all these different things that seem irrational, but it's true. So I'm extremely to be, thankful to for be that. bullied. To be bullied first, you have to care. I just want to say that to anybody listening. To be bullied, you actually have to care about these people's opinions and why people would care so heavily about people's opinions who aren't like I'll give you some slack for maybe your like your family and your friends. Mm -hmm. But people on the internet, I mean like Man, they don't they don't know you. <laughs> like yeah. 
all I have to do is log out, click off. But like, that's the thing. We're addicted to it. We can't log out. We can't, we can't give it a break for a day. We can't turn off our notifications. That's not happening. We got to spend more and more time. Shoot. Um, my, my last question for you, I know you said entertainers are not leaders. Which one are you? Are you an entertainer or are you a leader? Honestly, I wouldn't put either of those titles on me. Uh, I actually like the title influencer. I, I do think um an influencer. When my god sister calls me and say, you know, hey, I'm going to get my first fire on. Would, would you come with me? When I have women that I grew up with DMing me, asking me for advice as it relates to self-protection or telling me that they are going to, to uh, get their first firearm or they want to be trained, you know, I feel very happy Um and blessed and humbled to have any level of influence, even to that degree. When I see people wearing t-shirts of ideas that just started in my head, you know what I mean? That, that says something. Somebody's wearing a statement that came from you. Powerful. Right. That's powerful, and I'm not even close to, to, to where I'm going with this. This is really only just the beginning for me. And so I'm always blown away about that, and I don't take that lightly at all. And I'm not – I don't prop myself up to be some leader. I do not prop myself up to tell people to follow me. I just want people to think. That is all. Not only do I want people to think, I want you to be able to talk your way through your logic without using the talking points that have been handed to you by people trying to advance their political uh, or, or their entertainment career. Yeah. We don't always have to agree. There's people, I have uh, uh, followers, supporters, they don't necessarily always agree with everything I say. I might not agree with everything they say or do, right? But it's different when I can, when somebody's actually, like, I can follow what they're saying as opposed to them just, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. Mm. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that, right? You're whatever ism or ist or whatever they want to throw at you, whatever box they want to put you in. That's just not how you have productive uh, discussions. And so oftentimes I will find myself even, it's weird, making friends with people who I initially even disagreed with whatever on twitter or instagram and then the next thing you know we're like the best of insta friends yeah so. yeah you you definitely bring a lot of your hot takes to the old twitter <laughs> but uh i am so thankful Rhonda may that you have decided to come on and just bless the audience with some wisdom um some hot takes Perhaps people won't agree with everything that you said today or even things that maybe I said, but I hope that people will think about it and at the end of the day, decide to be themselves. I think that's 
all we can ask for. Um, I appreciate you coming on Costly Conversations, adding to the discussion, cooking up some perspective and just serving it out to the people. And uh, it was my honor to host. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And just to let your followers know that y'all can follow me I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Rhonda Mary, or I am Rhonda Mary. Some some arrangement of that. Sometimes they be deleting my stuff and I have to start over. So, you know, you'll find me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Rhonda Mary. I am Rhonda Mary. People can find you pretty easily. I mean, if yes. I'll go ahead and post your links in the in the little diddly doo down below, and uh, hopefully people will come check you out, and uh, maybe they'll buy a T-shirt or something. Support what you're doing. All right, thank you for having me. Absolutely, I appreciate you coming on. All Have right. a wonderful rest of your night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.